in real estate, the difference between a pro and an amateur is the ability to ask really great questions. You're going to have to embrace unnatural things yes. to get unnatural results. Hey, real estate agents, Reed Moore here, the host of the RMG Agent Podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. This is episode four. And last episode, we talked about pretending like you have a job and how important that is to building not just a great real estate year, but a great real estate career. And uh, this today is going to just be fantastic. It's going to challenge you. It's going to encourage you. And hopefully, it's going to help you uh, rethink some, some old school real estate truths that uh, that you need in your career and business. And with me today, as always, my partner in crime and co-host, Jake Bartlett. What is up, guys? We are talking about the dirty S word of real estate. So uh, for you that are confused what we're talking about, we're talking about scripts. scripts. Scripts and how they work and how to use them and also why you have to use them. Yeah. So let's get into it. What was your first thought when you heard scripts getting into real estate? So uh, I was actually in real estate for six years, mm -hmm. and I hadn't heard the word script, and I hadn't heard the word lead, the the phrase lead generation. Right. And, and I barely made like I just I just kind of like was scraping, got by. I wasn't really you know I wasn't exploring or looking or pushing. What happened six years in? I was actually in a class with somebody who had been in real estate for about a year that was outperforming me. And they were talking about lead generation and scripts. And I just remember uh, just that sinking feeling of, you know, when you just realize, uh, you know, like maybe an unhealthy way of saying is how much you suck, <laughs> right? Because I knew all the technical skill, a lot of technical skills of real estate. I was well-trained when it came to contracts, when it came to all of that. But the, the very most important thing about real estate, which is finding people to help, was completely off my radar as far as a skill to, to actually be built and developed. Yeah. So I was very similar to you. Um, I probably didn't hear scripts or lead generation for most of the first five, six years. Then I heard scripts and I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. That's going to feel super robotic. Right. And that's not my clients are going to be able to understand what's happening. People are going to think I'm weird. I don't want to. I don't want that. Right. So um, it was a few more years before I embraced that. Mm -hmm. And once I embraced it, and I embraced it based on the the understanding of what they do for me, and also a change of terminology. So yes. I'm going to call it intentional communication. Yes. I have intentional communication. And what that means is I'm going to be able to repeat the same conversations with different people and get predictable results. That's right. And that's, you know, so before everybody tunes out and I don't want to hear about scripts again, like, yeah. okay, I get it. I hear it. Number one is, is every time a real estate agent says, I don't want to hear that word again, or I don't use scripts. Uh, it's, it's almost like they have this light bulb moment and they're the first person to ever say that. And they don't realize that they are like every single person ever, because that is an absolute core limiting belief right in, in our industry. So you're saying that there is a preconditioned script <laughs> about intentional communication. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> so in 21 years, I can't even count the number of times I have heard the script 
I don't use scripts. Right. Right. As it turns out, that happens to be an intentional conversation or intentional thing that that's not very effective. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to reframe it for this conversation right. because it's so important that, that we want people to not tune it out and, and, and decide like, Hey, that's not how they roll. Because if, if we take a look at a real estate agent's career and we ask ourselves this question, do you have a job or do you have a professional career? For somebody who raises their hand and says, I have a professional career. What actually marks that as a professional career is is the same thing that marks other professionals, right? I go to my doctor and I expect absolute consistency in the way that they show up, yeah. in the way that they talk, in the way that they diagnose, the way that they uh, calendar. I, I expect that. I expect that of my attorney. I expect that of an engineer that I work with. Anybody who's in a professional sphere, there is an underlying expectation of consistency and professionalism, right? Yeah. So if you're working with a referral, right, and somebody sends you a referral because you had this great interaction with them, you you established their needs analysis, you had great communication with them, you understood exactly how, how they needed to be communicated with and what they were actually looking for, right? Yeah. They send you their friend. They didn't send you their friend for no reason. They sent you their friend because they want their friend to have that same experience. That's right. And how do you do that if you don't have a systematic approach to the conversations that you have, systematic approach to the needs analysis and understanding what they're looking for in the home? So words really do matter mm -hmm. and they're powerful and they can be detrimental as well, right? Yes, that's right. So we need to be specific about the communications that we have. So. A lot of this comes back to, uh, for me, the mindset around uh, these conversations and how I had to put myself into a place that I could understand it. And this is what I did. I told myself that the person on the other end of the phone needed a great real estate agent to help them. Yes. And hey, I happen to be a great real estate agent. Sure. So I owe it to them to have an intentional conversation that starts with a point A and ends with point C, D, whatever sure. it takes, which ends with me on an appointment that I get to be the great agent that they deserve. Right. But I have to have this conversation that is predictable. Yes. I know what they're looking for based on the track record or the track of that conversation and I can get to the close. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Because we, we, when we think about an intentional real estate conversation, when somebody is talking to you about real estate, they have a need. That need might be information. It might be understanding. It might be something that has to do with some peripheral things around real estate. But fundamentally, like they're having a conversation with you because there's a need. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And if I can't uh, figure out what that need is, again, going back to the doctor. If I go to a doctor and, you know, they are not tracking in a linear way to help me solve my issue, we have a problem, right? right? So as a real estate professional, I, I say, okay, time out. What is my skill set? Well, in this area of lead generation, my skill set happens to be the words that I choose to use, right? And the professionalism around that happens to be that I choose effective words consistently to help my clients move forward, right? That's yeah. what I do. Yeah, so I, the doctor analogy is so great because doctors analyze your problem in a systematic approach 
to be able to weed out, nope, you don't have this. Nope, you don't have this. You might have these two. Let's ask about these symptoms. This is the symptoms. This is actually what you have. Here's your prescription. Now you're good, right? Yes. If we approach real estate conversations the same way, you're asking the same questions to start to weed out the things that aren't their problem. Mm -hmm. Then you get to their problem. You are able to address it with the conversation that you're going to have. You have a laid out plan. You know what you're going to say. And they're going to love that you're the person that actually identified their problem that they maybe yes. not, didn't actually know what it was until you had that conversation. So many times uh, over the course of my career, there's been a husband and a wife uh, or, 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 or people that, that come in and they sit down and they, they appear that they're very clear on what they want. And through asking great, consistent questions, uh, all of a sudden they look at each other and they realize, we haven't talked about this. Mm -hmm. right? You want a big living room open to the kitchen and you don't want anybody to see what's going on in the kitchen. Okay. And, and so just over and over and over my career, as I chose to use, you know, effective words and effective communications, not only was lead generation better and more consistent, but what it actually led to is when we did the consultation, there was a layer of, um, of trust that was built because uh, we weren't just getting together as buddies, right? I'm a friendly guy. I make friends pretty easily. Right. But they realized, wait a second, this person asked questions that clearly show that they know what they're doing and that they can be a guide and a help for me. Yeah. So in real estate, the difference between a pro and an amateur is the ability to ask really great questions. That's really yes. where it comes down to. So if you're an athlete, and the difference between making the pros and being a really good amateur is the consistency at which you practice something and the consistency at which you can perform. Sure. And those, those things lead to whether you're a pro or an amateur. So if you want to be a pro in real estate, work on the words that you say, the questions that you have, and help diagnose those things. Yes. And, and that starts to layer into all of the other conversations we've had in the other episodes. And that is the more consistent you are with your, your schedule, the more consistent you are with your lead generation, the more opportunities you have to see where you are nailing it or, or whatever I just said fell short. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you can see that sometimes just in personal conversations. Uh, I, I do this sometimes where if I'm really intentional, I can be a good storyteller. But most of the time when I'm off the cuff telling a story, mm -hmm. uh, I can watch it in somebody's, you know, I get excited about something I'm like, oh, Jake, here's what happened. And I get into the story and I realize like this isn't really going anywhere that's going to make anybody laugh or cry or anything. Yeah. It's just and all of a sudden you watch the other person just go Burr. like they're just graciously staying along for the ride because they yeah. love you. Okay. That's not, <laughs> that's not good. It's not good in your professional career. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and it's hard because a lot of times you're on the phone with somebody. And so you can't, you can't tell when they're emotionally kind of checking out of the conversation. Sometimes you can, mm -hmm. but if I'm asking great questions and those great questions happen to be matched with somebody that has an actual need, we're going to be in business together. Yeah. So when we talk about the consistency, of action, but you also are talking about the consistency of results. One of the things that is so great about having intentional communication is you can start to track when things are changing in the market based on the, the reactions of the people that you're talking about. Sure. So as the real estate market changed over the last year and the objections that you were getting, you were starting to handle them and they weren't they were going in a different direction, right? Mm -hmm. So last year, 
the sellers wanted to know that you were going to be able to sell them their house for the most money possible. And Mm -hmm. how are you going to do that? This year, if you try to tackle that, that's not the normal objection that people are dealing with right now. The normal objection they're dealing with is, how am I going to sell my house at 3% interest rate and jump into a 7.5% interest rate, right? Yeah. And as you have these, these intentional conversations, you get to see that happen and you get to adjust. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's just like, just like a professional athlete, right? You have built and honed your skill set and now the field of play is shifting Mm -hmm. and you're confident enough in the things you, that, that are in your, your toolbox. Yep. That you can pay attention to the shifting and the adjusting of the market, right? Or the, the field of play. Yep. Yeah. So when we, uh, we are having this conversation about it, it's, it feels unnatural to have the same conversation with multiple people. But when you look at your real estate career over longevity, you're going to have to embrace unnatural things yes. to get unnatural results, right? Yes. If you want to be, not to say there's anything wrong with them, you want to be the average agent that sells and makes you know, 40-ish, $48,000 a year, maybe you don't have to embrace the unnatural. If you want to be the exceptional and you want to, you know, push the envelope of whatever market you're in, whatever office you're in, be one of the top producing people in, in, in your office, your branch, your market, whatever, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to get comfortable with embracing the unnatural things. Yeah. That's in, uh, it's been funny because this is another script that everybody who doesn't uh, want scripts uses consistently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And that is that it doesn't feel natural. Right. Okay. So, so a lot of times our objections to things are actually based in fear. I haven't stopped and analyzed this thing. I just, I'm reacting to right. it. So let's take a look at that. Where else in our life have we just simply done what's natural? And, and as a result, we have grown. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it works, right? The, I remember the first time at the gym, I did Turkish get-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very unnatural. I remember the second time it was pretty unnatural. The third time it, it was painful because it got natural, like it felt a little more natural. So I started doing more weight. Well, all of a sudden you get to a point where it's now a natural movement. And and it's really interesting because it, it feels like, well, it should never have been an unnatural movement. Same with deadlifts, same with squats, anything like that. Anything that we do that's next right, in our life is going to be unnatural. Whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, whether whether it's mental, whether it's professional, right? Any of those kind of things, even just thinking about your relationship with your spouse. Have you ever went to have a conversation with your spouse and it was maybe unnaturally vulnerable and you did it anyway? Mm -hmm. And wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's a great uh, talking about unnatural things. Like there are some moments as early married couples that are real unnatural like yeah dealing with the dishes right like (laughs) yes yeah what is it how does every household have different ways of doing the dishes in america i don't know how that is but that seems to be a very common thing um handling money with your spouse is an, an unnatural conversation if you stopped doing any activity because it felt unnatural like you pretty much would sit on the couch and watch TV. Yeah, you wouldn't drive a car. You wouldn't, wouldn't ride a bike. You wouldn't play an instrument. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't speak in front of camera, mm-hmm. right? None of those things. It's all clunky and unnatural. And when you look at just any of those things and all of those things, pushing through that period of time where it's unnatural 
to the point, just like taking and driving a car. I remember, uh, I remember dumping my boss out of the back of a pickup truck. I had this, I worked for this old farm that lived up the road and uh, we, we just loaded a bunch of concrete, a wheelbarrow and a bunch of gravel into the back of this truck that was parked on a very steep incline. And he said, all right, take us up to the house. And I said, uh, Kurt, I, I don't know how to drive a stick. He's like, you're learning today. <laughs> he gave me the keys. I killed it once. I killed it twice. And then the third time I dumped the clutch and I dumped my boss and the gravel and the wheelbarrow and the concrete out of the back of the truck. So he said, well, it's about lunchtime. So go ahead and load all this back up and I'll see you after lunch. <laughs> right. That's like, that's like the first time I learned it. I drove a trailer. Yeah. I, uh, went rode dirt bikes with my dad about an hour and 15 minutes away from home. Uh, and my dad broke his wrist real bad. Oh, geez. I was 16 years old, had never driven a trailer. I probably had only been driving for about two months and he had to get rushed to the hospital. And guess who was left to load up all the bikes, load up all the gear, sure, figure out what to do. Like I'd never seen my dad break a bone and he shows me his wrist and it's all cockeyed yeah. and it was <laughs> over here. He's like, I don't think this is good. I'm like, nope, I don't think that's good either. I'll figure it out. Yes. And I had to figure out how to drive a trailer for an hour and 15 minutes home. And there is probably still some curbs that have black marks on them, but I didn't hit anybody. Yeah. Was, and I got home. <laughs> it was unnatural and it got better over time. Right. Yeah. So anything that we set out to do in life is unnatural uh, at first. Mm -hmm. So the question around having intentional conversations is, will you spend the next 10 years of your career um, you know, practicing on people that deserve better than to be practiced on, mm -hmm. right? Your, your clients, uh, you know, if, if you can take it to task to, to role play mm -hmm. and to really think through what is an intentional communication or conversation look like with this seller, or with this buyer, and then you can do it to the point that it becomes natural. Now your focus can fully be on that person. I don't have to think about what I'm going to say next because I've said it a thousand times. I can deeply hear what you're saying so I know what question to ask and I know how to respond without really spending my time and focus doing that. And so for a real estate agent, regardless of where you're at in your career, the, the question is, is, are you intentional about your conversations? And if not, can you, can you make the case to yourself that your clients deserve you to be an incredibly intentional and professional real estate agent? Right. I'm going to give you my favorite intentional conversation that I have. Super easy. It gets very predictable results. And there's multiple opportunities for finding real estate needs here. It's called Ford. And it's family, occupation, recreation, dreams. Sure. So this goes very similar to... Any normal conversation with somebody you know and trust, right? Mm -hmm. How's the family? Perfect, right? They they yeah. tell you what's going on with the family, what's what's new with the family, what's going on with the job. Mm -hmm. How are, are you still working there? Perfect. Uh, what do you guys do this summer, or what are you guys planning on doing this this winter, right? What about real estate dreams? What's happening there? All of those give me indicators of mm -hmm. potential real estate moves, and those are family, marriage divorce, kids, kids leaving sure. for school, college, all predictable indicators that this person's probably less than two years or a year from having real estate needs, right? Yes. Um, occupation, job changes are one of the biggest indicators of needing to 
transact in real estate. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, recreation. You find out this person's been going up to the lake every single week during the summer. Sure. And they're staying at a trailer park. Hey, have you ever thought about finding a piece of land up there that you can park your trailer on? Yeah. Right? Real yeah. estate needs. Uh, and then dreams. Real estate dreams. You guys have been in this house for three or four years or five or six years. Is this your ultimate goal or do you guys have a different goal for where you want to end up at? Right. Right? Yeah. All of those are really great indicators of real estate needs. It's not an unnatural conversation. I bet if you if you go back and play conversations with your friends, you're doing the same thing. You just aren't looking for the results that you need yeah. out of that conversation. Absolutely. I'm kind of going through the Rolodex because I have I have some favorites, but but I think my all time favorite is a is a sphere based uh, conversation, and that is there are more than a few real estate agents that hesitate in calling the people that know them, like them, and trust them mm -hmm. because they don't want to come across as salesy. Right. Right. Now, some people that they don't have that issue, uh, a, a good number of people do. And so one of the things I learned to do a long time ago is to ask permission for this conversation to be a business call. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the way that I would start that conversation is I would just say something like, Hey, Jake, it's Reed. Thanks for taking my call. So we're buddies. Like we golf yeah. together. We hang out together. Also, I'm like, Hey, man, yeah. thanks for taking my call. This is a business call. Do you have a few minutes? I do. Right. Yeah. So, so if I ask this, all of a sudden it recalibrates that other person. They mm -hmm. have just said yes, not to talking to me because we talk all the time. Right. right. I'm telling them right out of the gate. I'm calling for business. And they're going to say, oh man, I don't have time right now, but can you call me later? Right? Because this person, they know me, they love me, they trust me, right? right? So we're going we're gonna to connect. But I've given them the framework for an effective conversation. So now that this person knows it's a business conversation, they, they have focused in on this, that's what it's going to be. So then I'm going to let them know, you know, hey, I'm, uh, I'm looking for people who need, uh, need help, with answering, getting real estate questions answered. They're looking to start investing or they're looking to buy or sell, or they might just need help and not know where to go. Who do you know that I can help today? So the reason I love this is that if we talk all the time and then one time I, I call and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, um, who do you know who's looking to buy, sell, investor in, in real estate? Mm -hmm. Like that, that can be fine. But what it can do over the course of time is if I call you're not sure what this mm. call is going to be. Like, are we talking about going to the lake or is this going to be a business call? Yeah. And what happens over time is just uh, people not knowing what to expect next is just, just not as helpful. So mm. I just think the beginning, that beginning script of, hey, this is a business call. Do you have a few minutes? As soon as somebody says yes, like, you know that, that we can have an open conversation about me asking for business. Yeah. And what's really great about that is you're also teaching them how to send you business. Yes. Right. Yep. Because that's another thing that people miss out on is, you know, they may have this huge database of friends and family and they've never taught those people how to send them a referral. And right. so they don't. Because people, people aren't thinking about you all the time, mm -hmm. right? That's, and that's, that's fine. It's our job to have those effective communications with sellers, with buyers, with our sphere, uh, with distressed property owners, just all, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so, so what, I, what I want people to get from this, and, and we'll put this in the action guide. So we'll put a handful of scripts. Like I have, I have probably 250 of them. You actually mm -hmm. probably functionally need like four or five or six intentional conversations 
to to uh, not just use and not just memorize, but to internalize. Mm -hmm. Because once you don't have to think about saying the most effective thing, your client gets the best experience. What's really cool when you internalize four or five, six really solid scripts, you get to weave them together. Yes. And then you start having these conversations that feel even more natural for that person. Yeah. But yeah. they're even more intentional for you because you've got one objection, you know, handling script then flows into a needs analysis script and then flows into a close. And then you close for that business and you've got the, the script of setting that appointment and how they can do all. Yeah. It's, it is a great, um, is a great way to communicate once you've internalized those. And once you've internalized them, you can make them your own too. That's right. That's right. So so we, we talk about people earning the right to make it their own mm -hmm. because everybody wants to be kind of creative out of the gate. It's like yeah. time out. If you're not the most intentional communicator, then learn from somebody who's more intentional than you. And then over the course of time with your you know, with your time block habits around lead generation, you're gonna get better and better. So there's a natural progression to communication that that we want to be aware of. And that is that all of our communications, they start with a script, right? I walk out the, the, the door and I turn around to my wife. I say, Hey honey, have a great day. I love you. That's a script. I say right. it every day. Right? So it goes from a script to a dialogue, right? And now we're, now we're going back and forth to a conversation, to a relationship. And that's ultimately what I'm wanting to do with my effective communication is I'm, I'm looking to get people from, I'm having an intentional intake call, which is a mm -hmm. script to a dialogue, to conversation, to relationship. Nice. Well, I think this was awesome. Hopefully uh, it uh, had an impact on you. It will empower you and it will encourage you to get over maybe some fear around internalizing those conversations uh, and then look out for our next episode, which is Outwork Before You Outsmart. We're really excited for that. And uh, check us out at rmgagentpodcast.com. Awesome. Take care, guys. Uh -huh.